Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I am Michael Sidgwick, joined by fellow Dadly Boy Michael Hamflit to discuss everything that's in store for us on tonight's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we preview and review Raw Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, Dynamite Collision, premium live events, pay-per-views, roundtable discussions, wrestler interviews on occasions, and a roundup of the week complete, of course, with a bloody good quiz um, on wrestle culture. So, Hamlet, um, there are eight <laughs> confirmed segments yep. for Dynamite. There is a small matter of a heavily rumored CM Punk appearance. Mm-hmm. And then a tournament. <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? Uh, this show is going to be rushed to, like, to hell. Yeah. <laughs> the um, Recently, a lot of these we'll hear froms, uh, a lot of speaks, the usuals, have ended up being like a 30-second backstage vignette, haven't they? Like sometimes not even a pre-taped one. It's just Renee Young's with whoever, and yet they've advertised this ahead of time as if it's going to be maybe bigger than it is. Like, I guess this looks bulkier. But if you look at the star power involved... Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. It looks bulkier on paper. But Adam Cole, ahead of Forbidden Door, slash a rematch with MJF. Eddie Kingston, when he's been given his own singular graphic online. These don't feel, in the same punk room, obviously, these don't feel like the things you can just throw out with an Excalibur, let's go to Rene Paquette. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's, I don't know. Like, I'm excited to watch. And as well, of all the weeks for us to see so much on this packed and stacked two hours post collision debut feels like the one doesn't it because everybody going oh man like the pace of collision was just so different from dynamite and then it's like dynamite the <laughs> yeah the sort of busy and out here sibling going yeah like, it's dynamite yeah we told you it was different you thought saturday different was good no this way the different it's even better like there, there's more contrast yeah i just don't yeah i just don't understand <laughs> how he's going to cram all of this in. Yeah. And when I usually ask that question, he obviously always gets there in the end, mm. but things feel rushed, very little registers, like someone's going to get beaten up badly because it's a wrestling show. It sucks for him. Anyway, it's not for something else. <laughs> um, so I don't know how he's going to fit all of this in. And there's no one match that looks like it's really going to go longer than 10 minutes, I guess. Um, so look, we'll see. It's going to be very eventful. There's a lot of Forbidden Door undercard stuff to get through, but I imagine some of that will um, emerge from some of these segments. So let's just rush straight into it um, on the preview. Orange Cassidy and Katsuyori Shibata versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Daniel Garcia. Uh, one second. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, 
that should be class. There should Love, be lovely. forbidden door ramifications spinning on the back of it. Um, I imagine OC versus Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, two questions. Does Will this be as good as it looks on paper, knowing that Shibata isn't quite the explosive presence of old? You could fake it with a hot tag and that incredible corner dropkick. That still looks amazing. Um, could this be the first time Orange Cassidy International Champion gets pinned by... Mm. Zack Sabre Jr. to set up a match at Forbidden Door. Otherwise, there's little point in doing it. Unless Zach, he pins your batter, I guess. Zack's um, European clutch has pinned Okada before. I think it's pinned Tanahashi. There's history with that move, just trapping people. It's yeah. so tight and incredibly technical and as a lot of Zach's technical moves do, comes at you so fast that three seconds isn't enough to realise what you're in, let alone like kick how out. to counter it. Yeah. So I can see that, you know. I like that as a as a way to set up um so I know there's no title on the line, but as a way to set up just who wins on Sunday. Maybe he could put the title on the line. Maybe he could do it in a national title. Maybe Zach pins Orange Cassidy and that's the cute and clever way. Well, well, Orange Bollocks, looks like it's your belt on the line rather than mine. Yeah, And then yeah. You, nobody has to lose a title. You know, it's politically safe then if Zach gets beaten and all that. Um, I'll tell you what I want from this, Sitch. I want um, Zach Sabre Jr. What was his popper of a line that you loved out in Vegas when he was in the uh, Ring of Honor match? Flippy sh- Yeah. I want him to fully embrace that tonight by, like, doing the dance. Let's yeah. have him do the dance with Daniel Garcia or, like, wear Daniel Garcia's Kangol hat or something like that. Let's have him lean in to Daniel Garcia's brand of sports entertainment um, as if it's fine now because I'm friends with him. Yeah. Like, let that be the, the little bit between them. It's like Zack Sabre Jr. is like a really funny wrestler. Like if he had a Twitter account, yeah, he could like get even more over. And you know, f- as like a patter guy, wouldn't he? Yeah, it? he could get yeah. a following on there if he, uh, yeah. if he had a Twitter. You don't need to use a name and a password. Just those two things. You get those two, you're straight in there. Yeah. You can like get across your sense of humor. Your wrestling character, your politics. Yeah. It's all to play for on there. All right. Especially now, if anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's probably looking, he's left-leaning. There's definitely room for a voice like his on the app right now. I would say so. Anyway. I would absolutely say so. The heel version of what Orange Cassidy and Cassio Shibata were last year. Like, the idea was, like, is that going to work? And then Shibata wears Orange Cassidy's glasses. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Let's have the heel variant as well. Would Would he put his hands in his trunks? Yeah. It's not much space. <laughs> <laughs> for enough for what I can infer. If anything. Uh, like this, uh, this is not AEW's fault. This is that AEW existed for four years and we're in the second Forbidden Door Cycles fault. This is really, really fun without the days where it would make your goosebumps get goosebumps. Yeah. Is that I'm fair not, to say? Yeah, I'm, like, that's fair to say. It's more fun than... Like, it's not blowing my mind... But once upon a time, this sort of stuff did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's we've had excess. We've, we've seen yeah. every single match graphic, silly, preposterous, preposterously good, and everywhere in between. We've seen everything. Seen everything. I've seen everything. If anything. Uh, so I, uh, it's not quite. My worry is that they're trying to spin two matches out with this for Forbidden Door. In fact, my worry in general about tonight's show, and I guess with the way my stupid brain works, that this is a sign of investment. I'm pretty anxious about what that Forbidden Door card, undercard, looks like. I want Danielson and Okada to get time. Mm. I know for a fact Omega Osprey is going to get time. They've got a four-hour window. 
I don't want to see some kind of ridiculous five-match undercard because as we proved, or as Tony Khan proved rather, last year in particular, though lessons have been learned, mm. if, you, if you just stick four or five matches on an undercard, there's always going to be something on the main card that suffers. And if the idea is what you're doing on your pre-show makes the show itself suffer, you failed. You yeah. have failed. So I'm worried that he's going to stick too much on there. But, you know, maybe that's an old take. Uh, consigned to 2022 because from full gear last year on with the three pay-per-views, he's nailed the lengths in the match mm. order. The Unforbidden Door especially, the less matches you book, the less... Fewer. Shock. God damn it, every time. <laughs> uh, I can't remember my point anymore. Yeah, there's like shark-infested political waters with New Japan and AEW where as nice as this Jericho's got to get his TV time. Yeah, as nice as this relationship is... Winners and losers have to happen, and conversations need to take place over the results of those matches. For look, it's the reason why Sonata's fighting Jungle Boy. Yes, for example, uh, there's less conversations to have if you only add another, say, three matches, and it becomes clear we've just we've just pitched one. How you protect Zack Sabre Jr. politically is having win tonight and then lose with the title on the line, yeah. and nobody feels like the reputation has been tarnished or damaged or whatever. Last year, quite frankly, it's remarkable how there wasn't more bother. The only match that I remember feeling like a big compromise was the four-way. Like, and you could feel it in the build and then in the execution. And obviously, Adam Cole's injury notwithstanding, it was just, ah, they're doing this because they have to. Nobody can lose, but they don't really want anyone to win. No titles can change hands. You can get through this whole show without that. Yeah. If you don't, if you only want to add sort of three or four more things and they're not obvious winners and losers, but it's consequence-free. With Danielson Okada and Omega Osprey. I don't think I've seen two big matches on an AEW pay-per-view where I can't call it. Exactly, yeah. And that's the, they, those matches were kind of um, selling the show with nothing else added. We always said everything else was going to be a bonus. Just don't screw it up. Yeah. Don't make me actively dislike a card that I'm predisposed to adore because yeah. of those top two matches. And I don't think they will. The like, we talk about the punker. No, not yet. Oh, okay. Because like, saving him till the end for retention. Ah, oh, it was me thinking it was going to be Hardys and Guns on last. But like... That's next. Yeah. Get that out of the way. Just in terms of Forbidden Door. Don't get... No, just, just wait. Okay. All right. Just wait. All right. One thing is like, I don't know what this card looks like, how it all goes. Usually we depend on a friend yes. to help us out. But just as a general note, until we know that he's in a much better um, state of health, we're going to drop the... Well, I'm going to drop the Jim Ross bit. I've always maintained that... It's a weird thing with Jim Ross... You can absolutely punch down on the poor guy, as Vince McMahon did for so many years. But you can also punch up, mm. hence why with his latent sexism and other things. We did a bit where we took the mick out of Jim Ross, but the timing is no longer remotely sensitive, so we're not doing it for a while. Uh, we genuinely hope he gets better soon, um, because I don't know, I'm inferring that it's not the best of situations. Yeah, well, anyway. well said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, I'm going to be very cynical and negative, and I know a lot of AEW fans don't like that. Bear with me. We're going to get very excited about other developments on this show, one in particular, um, <laughs> imminently. Uh, the Guns versus the Hardys. I think the ceiling for this match is low. I think the floor is a very, very tedious and sloppy match and my worry is that this match will not in any way shape or form be treated as a referendum on a both of these acts and b the the state of the tag team tag team division in general but my god like 
If this is as bland and as nothing and as potentially sloppy as I believe, I think questions really should be asked about. And I think these questions should be asked across the board. But generally, with certain acts who are getting TV time, with that roster, when, you know, understand he's just had a baby, congratulations to him. But Roosh, mm. sporadic presence. Um, like Powerhouse Hobbs kind of sidelines since the TNT title business. Ready to relaunch him for collision, but that's not an excuse. You could use him as well. Yeah. I, like the Hardy Boys, like, what, I'm trying to phrase this. I'm, I'm trying to be fair. And when you try to be fair, sometimes you've got to collect your thoughts. We went to Double or Nothing live in Las Vegas. $2 beers. I wish I was still drinking you. Yeah. Watch the Louis through Las Vegas documentary last night. Did you? Just to feel something. Just to feel something. Just to look at the uh, B-roll and exterior shots yeah. of the strip. I mean, like, oh, he's, like, he went to a casino at the Hilton. We didn't even go to the Hilton casino. It wasn't one that I could... I was in that building, but there was enough. Yeah. There was enough of Vegas. So I was like, well, I was there. I remember that. And when we were there, we watched the pre-show match, which was uh, Hardys and Hook versus Ethan Page and the Guns. Mm. And this is a continuation of that. And... It was over in that building, and yep. not everything was. So maybe the fans will be up for it. Maybe that's all wrestling is, if you want to reduce it down. What gets a reaction? What gets loud? What gets over? Put it on your show. But I was expecting a standard. I was told to believe in that standard. I was told the standard was nothing. Watch this throughout the AEW Tag Team Division's history, and we're nowhere near it. And realistically, as loud as the Hardys can get, pops and as over as that match was for a pre-show match it's not Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus the Bucks no. it's not the Bucks versus um, Lucha Bros it's not Bucks versus FTR 2 so it's not that loud realistically um, the guns are Nepo babies let's face it mm-hmm. Billy Gunn's really well liked and quite powerful within that organisation and um, the Hardys are always going to get reactions they're always a shortcut to volume um, and merch and all the rest of these things. have got nothing to do with match quality. And um, they are idolized by um, people high up within AEW who founded it effectively, who love them, and they're probably getting kept around to appease them ahead of some contract negotiations. I maintain my stance that everything I know about Tony Khan or have read about him or have read his own words, is that he's not into this contract stuff whatsoever. So I suspect that he does it to appease other people and to give a portion of his fan base something to cheer about when his heart's not really in it. I just think this is looking like a bad match. The brothers versus brothers. I don't care if you're related. (laughs) Are you good at wrestling? Yeah. Are you as good at wrestling as the Young Bucks were in 2021. The Beverly's weren't actually related, but the shake height spike rule. Yeah. So who cares that they weren't shoot siblings? It's brothers versus brothers. Dunk. It's a different <laughs> generation versus a different... I do not care. I want it to be good. I don't think it's going to be good. And the winner of this match is clearly going to get a match with FTR down the line. And is that what we're doing with this tag team division? Because it's never been more uh, bad for me. This match will change nothing. Um, do you think they can over-deliver possibly? Uh only because expectations are set particularly low. It's in Chicago, <sighs> so it's always a loud building, so it's, maybe uh, I just, the atmosphere will sort of do a lot of the heavy lifting here. So there was two sort of directions I saw coming, coming <sighs> from this. Was, uh, uh, the Hardys and the Guns have their match, and the Guns win, 
as a result of Jay Lethal and Juice Robinson helping them uh, to return the favour without out and out saying, well, Bullet Club Gold, you're in. But there's the implication that the guns have made a deal with Bullet Club yeah. Gold and they're going to be part of the group. And then FTR make the save, and then we get an eight-man before we get FTR versus not the guns, but Juice and Jay White. So it's as if this match exists to set up an entirely different tag team title yes. match. But those two quartets make sense for an eight-man. However, and I still think that's probably what's going to happen. I think the Hardys are going to win. Ugh. However, well, I suppose that doesn't really matter for the result I'm forecasting. Um, reading today and reporting today on the news uh, of what I hoped was true was true, which is that CM Punk was aggressively pointing the finger in Jukes' face, knowing that that visual would get a bit of attention, but in reality saying to him, that was class, mate. You were great, you were great. You were great, yeah. I love that. There's a Mr. Perfect one, isn't there, when uh, Brett's won the title and Ric Flair... <laughs> Of course, Brett's involved. Yeah. Is there, yeah. My FTR bit. <laughs> I ain't no uh, Bret Hart historian, but let me tell you a little story. I uh, actually am a Bret Hart historian, <laughs> and if you see different, I'll kick your ass. Dax Wagner. I, in fact, love the work of Bret Hart. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it obvious? I might be inspired by him. <laughs> Take a look back. See if you can spot the clues. Um, Brett beats Flair. Mr. Perfect was his manager, and he's appearing like he's protesting, and then Brett tells a story that he's going, I'm so happy for you, man, this is awesome, and he's gesticulating and all that. Love it when wrestlers can do that. It made me think that Punk, you know that scene in the Dredrick Tatum episode of The Simpsons, where Mo straps the fan to his back and lifts Homer out of yeah, it, yeah. CM Punk, I'm going to lift you away, Juice, from this Hardy Boy story and propel you into something different. And Jay White was supposed to be a Punk thing. I don't know if that's still the case. What if... They're doing good stuff instead of wrestling in Hardy Boys adjacent feuds. Maybe. Voices of Wrestling um, on the flagship, Joel Lanza reported that, and it might have changed, but the working plan was to do CM Punk versus Jay White for week two of Collision. Yeah, well, we'd get the graphic tonight, I guess, wouldn't we? Yeah. If that's happening. Uh, not a single, we've talked for a few minutes on this, and not a single spot has been suggested, fantasy booked. Look, does anybody really disagree on this as well? Doesn't even feel like oh, there's Matt Scotch Hardy stands. Not takes it. I, I got them on Twitter the other week. There are Matt Hardy stands. What's uh, what's Ethan Page going to do? Eh, eh? Is he going to help or is he going to hinder? I'm saying just work it out. Well, that's why I'm that's why I'm watching, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's rubbish. It's trash. It's absolute trash. This match will do very very well to um, even approach the uh, Dynamite standard, the AEW TV match standard. Without Jim, I appreciate it. It's harder to forecast. Uh, does this get given one of the good spots, or is it dropped somewhere in the middle, just so we can forget about it? Like, is there any chance this opens, for example, for the Hardy Boys pop? Uh, it's not going to last. No, I think that uh, the Jericho trios will open. Yeah. And Guns and Hardys could probably go second, because, yeah. or maybe even third, like in that 45-minute, 40 minutes before the big top-of-the-hour segment, which they always make sure is bigger than this, certainly. Um, with the idea being, all right, when the audience has started to tire, just get Jeff out and go to... And then his fans will go, delete, delete, delete. Is it that fun to go to a show and go, delete, 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 and have... what you Basically, what you're doing is you're just encouraging them. Just encouraging my Hardy to say, "Hey Tony, I got an idea for a for a contract story." I just like doing the Southern American voice, yeah. so I'm just going to keep doing it. It's not Jim Ross, it's my Hardy now. My Hardy now. Um, 
Hey, they're still saying delete out there, and until they stop saying delete, I guess you got to put me on TV. I guess the firm, I'll have dominion of your contracts or whatever he was saying that time. Remember that? Remember Dominion for a bit? When yeah. he was like, say, he owned Dominion and he was going to win the next match to win outright it. freedom. I hate his character. It's so rubbish, isn't it? I like, hate his character so goddamn much. Um, I don't hate Adam Cole. Who Not does? should anyone. No. People on Twitter do. This is just not nice, not nice. He speaks, um, does this have anything to do with Forbidden Door, or is it going to be a, I'll get you down the line, MGF? It's, um, is it too, a bit petrolly for him to do what Sonata did last week and offer up an open challenge and then somebody accept it later on during the night as a way to show his competitive spirit in the face of MJF's cowardice? It's weird, right? Because, uh, yeah, they could do that. Um, I don't need him on Forbidden Door. Well... Well, this is the point I was about to make. We're a bit telepathic today. I think it's a really good indication of who and who isn't over in AEW right now when you've got a pay-per-view that at least half of which is sort of closed off to the AEW roster because it's obviously AEW versus New Japan most of the time. So spots on that show from the AEW side of things are at a real premium, like more so than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Roosh has had an AEW pay-per-view match yet, for for example, off the top of my head. Um, and he's got 50% less of a chance um, this time around. So it really is an indication for me of what's the priority here um, for this undercard. Even for stakes-free matches, just for my entertainment value and for the people's entertainment value, who is prioritized? Who gets fantasy booked onto this show? And I'm with you. I've not seen anybody really. And you know, everyone's timelines configured differently on socials and what have you. But I've seen very little. Oh, God, I need Cole on this show, and I hope he wrestles X, Y, or Z. And um, for me, I've seen a lot of um, Darby Allen versus Hiromu Takahashi talk. Mm-hmm. People really want that. Uh, Mox versus Ishii. Um, oh my God, have you got round to watching the Dominion Trios match? No, still no. The five star one. Yeah, it's not five star. Yeah. Like I genuinely, even to this day, and I know Dave's star ratings get a lot. Like, every single year, a lot of people go, I can't believe he gave that. I can't believe he gave that, that. I'm still usually there with him more often than not, but I cannot believe he went five on that. It was a four and a quarter to a four and a half star blast. Nothing more. The stuff that he gives five to, where I'm like, oh, I can see why Dave went there. Yeah. Not that much for me, but I can understand why he went. I just cannot believe it. Moxley and Big Tom maybe, like, have that edge effect on him. He loves it. He loves that. Well... I tweeted this, the mega fans will forgive me. It's a facetious joke, but not really. <laughs> like, I was watching the one you gave five to, couldn't believe it. Then Mox and Ishii started strangling each other. <laughs> Within two minutes, I was prepared to give it six. And that was my facetious jokey take. I still want it for Sunday. They step into the ring, and the first thing Tom, Tom, Big Tom Ishii does, he just grabs Moxie by the throat, <laughs> and Moxie takes his hand off and then just goes to strangle him. And it's like, strangling stuff. Yeah, you two are the best. <laughs> Have a match at Forbidden Door. But Cole is not someone who I'm seeing a lot of, oh, God, Cole. I know the undercard is at a premium, but Cole has to be on there. No, I, and that's not really a knock at him. I just that's think the that, thing. It's that, a very, it's a select club. I bloody hope it is. Well, and they timed out this MJF program really well, I think. Like, last week we were talking about how it was such a weird fit because even if he won, then Forbidden Door wouldn't be the logical destination for the match, and they haven't had to do that now. Just had the best match since he's come back last week. 
I got a, I got an idea. I'll give you a pitch. I got an idea. So Adam Cole is going to say, we all saw what went down last week. All I needed was five more minutes and MJF wouldn't even give me that. Well, I'll be watching on Sunday, MJF, and whatever Tanahashi leaves in the ring of you, I'll be taking at the first opportunity, blah, 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 blah. And it's good stuff, because it's Adam Cole, and he gets attacked by uh, Big Braille and Lee Moriarty, because they've previously taken money off MJF for attacks before. That sets up the Roddy Strong tag. That's a bit of fun. And then MJF refuses to admit that he's tried to fund Big Bill, yeah. putting Adam Cole back on the shelf. And there's like, I like that's that. a nice delaying strategy with at least one half decent match to get you back. So Adam Cole and yeah. Andrew, you tried to take me out, you couldn't do it, all that kind of stuff. Incidentally, on the five minute thing, could there be something, right? And I would like to see wrestling experiment with something like this that's just popped in my head where Adam Cole said, all I needed was five minutes. Yeah. And MGF was like, okay, five minute time limit. And they have a five minute that's match. Great. I yeah. think so, like, MGF could pull that off uh-huh. brilliantly well. Um, and I think it would just be like a challenge mm-hmm. for Cole particularly. Imagine if, did you hear the rumours of who was potentially going to be coming into AEW in some capacity recently? Seen as a big knock against WWE that he hasn't landed in Triple H's version of it. See that Sean Waltman was coming in. Oh, so, uh, Imagine if they had a five-minute challenge during the all the Owen Hart tournament stuff and Sean Waltman was like a judge for it at ringside. Oh, my God. Greatest five-minute match ever. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Have me a Sean Waltman. <laughs> um, we also hear, Jesus Christ, we're not even halfway through this. We also hear from Eddie Kingston. Great. I can't wait for this. Yeah. Is he going <clears> to <throat> tease me with some Moxley stuff? Like, tease me with some Moxley stuff. Um, I don't know what you're thinking right now, partner. Like yeah. Stuff. yeah. Uh, message to Claudio. Could Eddie team with Ishii against Mox and Claudio? Oh, my God. The Forbidden Door? Jesus Christ. Because Ishii's about. He's, um, they've... Not giving something away, but he's at the meet and greet in Toronto Ooh. ahead of Forbidden Door, so it seems it's easy to connect those dots that he's going to be probably working on the show. Ah, Big Tom, like, of course he should be on there. Can we find our way to a trios match there? With the third, who would be like a third match? Like who's a chaos guy Like that would even fit? Anyone's been dicking around with a Blackpool Combat Club lately? I feel like there must have been some overlap of late. Maybe just a tag team match? Yeah. Um, because I think there'll be another trios match on the show, maybe a bit of variety. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just chemistry out the ass with absolutely everything. There's hatred. There's potential friction with Mox and Kingston. Like them two could actually do. Oh, I'm conflicted about hitting you, like actually really well. Even though we've seen it too often realistically in wrestling over the last however many years. What? A, mm, what about this? Isn't really Forbidden Door, so it's. What about, like, if Eddie Kingston ha- uh, agrees to team tentatively with the Young Bucks for the trios match against the BCC? <laughs> I love that idea. The only problem is I would want literal weeks of them two playing up the personality clash and yeah. making it funny and, like, even doing bits where the Young Bucks are like, all right, okay, so in those trios matches, our strategy is bam, 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 bam. He just looks at them and say, like, I'm not doing... What? Flips are yeah. uh, what you're talking about. And them two like trying to bond. Them three trying to bond. Like I think there's so much material. You know, like secret Young Bucks gear law. They're better at gear law than they get credit for. Like there was oh, weeks really when they were team with Moxley and wearing the um, camo pants and yeah. stuff when they were trying to fool them and stuff. Imagine if they're like Eddie, like we love you, man, and we've got exactly what we want, and they've got the Nasawa green and white tights oh. like, for all the grief that he got. Oh my God. And he's like, 
god. Don't talk about that. I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. that stuff anymore. Aye. <laughs> uh, Eddie and the Bucks versus the BCC, but it's not forbidden Dory. It's not forbidden Dory. What's weird? And I get I'll talk about this when Punk comes up, right? Try and remember. It's weird when we get to the punk. But okay. before that, Danielson's calling out Kazuchika Ricarda tonight. Oh my god. Oh my god. Great. <laughs> He's gonna and you one would assume that Okada's gonna say, Okay, here I come. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I know, like like it can't be a call out without a response. This is not WWE. Oh, no, he's going to come out. A card is coming out tonight. They're going to face off with each other. Pull apart brawl and all the rest of it. Yeah. What I love about this version of this match now is that I would like to see them do 40 minutes. It's not going to happen on this Forbidden Door show, I don't think. Um, like the idea that it, they're, they're both, and I'm going to probably say this on the preview, um, for Forbidden Door itself, so uh, preemptive apologies. I like how they're both kind of in similar places where... Danielson is kind of, in the character, is sick of the th- thought that a new philosophy is sort of bleeding into wrestling. And the BCC are like vanguards of a more dangerous, gritty, technical, mm. hard-nosed style where you don't dick around doing Northern Lights suplexes in a line. You just go for the pin. And you go for good c- pins. Contradiction can, like, when you consider what they... Blackpool aficionado actually says about this, yeah, yeah, yeah. this industry. I thought you were supposed to be a fighter, but also a turn. Yeah, yeah. It's like he can't make his mind up. Can't make his mind up, can he? Buddy arse from his elbow. He doesn't. Pick a side. So Okada... Because you did when you left AEW. So is Okada is the guy who is similarly pissed off at a new generation, but because they dare to challenge him, with the idea being that they think that he's on the way out and he's a scalp, and he's like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, Twitter tells me he's a dick now. Oh, he's I, awesome. I'm, I'm out of the loop, and I wish he's I was. Awesome. What's, what's the crack there? I saw the big angle, the interpromotional angle, where he just Kiyomiya. lost it. Yeah, with Kiyomiya. Yeah. He had the match with Kiyomiya, and he treated him like a complete runt. <laughs> and it was worked so well, and it is worked because they are continuing to draw them together in these collaborate, uh, collaborative New Japan Noah events. I don't think that story's far from over, but it was so... Well worked that people thought, all right, he's just eating this little arsehole's lunch. And how funny is it? So Okada's new character is basically heavily inspired by Jumbo Saruta from the 1990 to 1992 All Japan run. Okay. When there's like this new generation coming up and they see Saruta as the ace and he's the one to topple. And he's just gone, no, (laughs) it's still me. It will always be me. And I will just kick all your asses and I'll be really nasty with it as well to prove a point. So he's proving a point. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. The idea is he's sort of slowly realizing that he's maybe even closer to the end than the beginning, resentful of this, the young people um, we saw recently with um, Shooter mm-hmm. at Dominion are like, all right, okay, well, I'm after your prize now. And he's like, what, you're two years in from excursion, a year in from excursion? You're still a little bitch, and I'm going to kill you extra hard to prove it. So this version of Akada and that version of Danielson, this kind of needs to be less crafty and more... Like just an absolute hate fueled brawl, if you like. So Terrific. they should do the pull apart now to establish that story. Because I think that's the one they're going to tell um, on. Is it Sunday or Saturday? Sunday. Get in. Get in. And I, yeah. Uh, underrated outside the ring brawler, Okada, as well. Not Danielson's some, an overrated and underrated brawler as well. Yeah, not for things they're praised for, because there's obviously a million other things to praise them for. But they're really good at that. Yeah. Really, really convincing environment brawler guys. Yeah. So it'll look fantastic if they do do that. I think they'll do that. Yeah. I can't, I see no reason. But the whole point of... This is the most I've enjoyed a Carter in, like, years. Well, I just think a lot of the praise that was being um, isolated for announcing these two matches right off the top was that it was so unfussy. It was like, ah, oh, Forbidden Door's coming up. There's a, Last year, there's a million Twitter threads with everybody's favourite match graphics, like, made from Tom's Customs or whatever, and then none of them materialised. Yeah. All but, like... Pretty much the two best ones, or two of the very best ones I have this year. Dropped straight away, and it's just so unfussy, and that's what's so appealing about yeah. it. So I would hate for this to be too, like, just muggy. And I don't, think I don't, I don't I want think that. kick each other's ass. Yeah, that's that's enough. Absolutely. Especially where it makes sense, as I said, from where these two characters are in their respective promotions at present. <laughs> so it doesn't need to be anything more than that. And some dickhead can be like, oh, finally, a bit of story. Yeah, no. I needed some cinema. Yeah, before Sunday, and I've got some. This is the worst people. They yeah. don't know what they're doing, and I know it, and other people should know it, but they want to do court engagement <laughs> uh, for their own uh, sinister ends. Um, right, time to get in a good mood now. Yeah, because it's honest. time to preview um, Jeff Jarrett versus Mark Briscoe. Yeah. In a concession stand brawl, this, as soon as this was announced, I had two. Stop ringing me. Getting bloody 
cold calls out the goddamn ass yeah. today. Hate it. Hate them all. Hate them all. Um, that was from areas like nowhere near us as well. From Cannock. From Northamptonshire. So yeah. I'm not going to answer that. Yeah. yeah. It's not doing it. So as soon as I saw this announced, I had two thoughts. One, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Just brilliant. Perfect meeting. It's like the 46th year anniversary of them doing it. Yeah. Down on Manfred. Um, So that's very cute. Mark Briscoe will be exceptional value in doing the two components of this match, which is a bit slapsticky, and it's going to be a heated fight at the same time. Brilliant. The best possible, this is why Tony Khan is a genius to me, the best possible wrestler for the best possible stipulation. Jarrett's in it as well. It's yeah. his idea, and it's great. And like, I don't, no, I do want to do this. I do want to put a big ceiling on this, a high ceiling on this, because that's the fun, is looking forward to predictable greatness. That's what AEW is to me. Um, I just saw this and said, can't fail. I, I absolutely, in no way, shape, or form can this fail. The only way it can fail, and I don't need it to go long, I don't need this to be a New Japan main event, it's a concession stand brawl, I want to get a bit of time to flesh mm-hmm. itself out. Ten will do, though. Ten. Just ten lovely, fun, funny minutes. Funny is key, I think. Yeah, let this. Um, the thing, the concessions on Brawl's got this weird history, right? So I knew of, there was the, well, I can't do maths, but that would work out, 77? 1977, first one. When they said, I had that old cliche, right? And then you see variations of this meme all of the time online. Yeah. And I actually experienced it when they said, it's the 46-year anniversary of the um, first-ever concession stand brawl. Yeah. thought, all oh, right, it was the first one in the 60s then. <laughs> That's just where we are. Or now. the early 70s. Like, yeah. No. We're, like, so further on from, like, I don't know if this was the case for you, but it certainly was with me. You know how the Beatles are quite savvy in how they, like, come up with something every generation to introduce a new generation? Yes, yes, So yes. whether, like, mine was, like, the Beatles anthology documentary series yeah. in the mid-1990s when we would have been about 10 years old. Yeah. My dad was a fan, so that plus that equaled the Beatles are a part of my life now. And then there was, like, the rock band game, and there was the Love album and the Number Ones album. There's always uh, the... Was a Disney Plus documentary last year? There's always something that's just yeah, yeah. hitting around. Get can, back, yeah, like getting people into the Beatles. Um, like there was always that one for me. The Beatles anthology remains like wow, the Beatles are big, and then Free as a Bird's coming out, and it's like that was 1995. I want to say off, yeah. off the top of my head. So like that would have been about 30 years on from Beatles at their pop peak uh, in the 60s. And it felt like the longest time ago in the world. We are now 30 years on from that. Yeah, the Beatles anthology is the halfway point between pop Beatles and. Today. Yeah, Rappy had around that one. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I the concessions that was so the but the one the two I was aware of was the Eddie Gilbert Ricky Morton one in eighty one. I haven't I haven't seen the seventies one if I'm brutally honest. And then the Jeff Jarrett Jerry Lawler Moon Dogs one. A lot of people have shared clips online, uh-huh. which is like that's what Twitter should be good for. Yeah. Like they've said, oh, it's the anniversary of the first ever one. And then some of the really good accounts have just clipped it. So if you just follow good Twitter accounts, basically. If you want to type in concession brawl, you'll find it on Twitter. There was a really terrible one. Um, uh, I think it was uncensored. I think it was 96, but it might be 95, where the Nasties and Harlem Heat brawled into the crowd into a fake concession stand because it was in Tupelo, Mississippi. So they wanted to do a little tribute to it. And it's just like... There's food everywhere. 
and they're just getting like ketchup and mustard and then candy flossing. Messy, messy food, basically, all over them as they're fighting around these like paper thin props. There Karen is a, Jarrett getting some mustard in the eyes by accident. There is a compromise. This is my point, right? Between the Memphis style violence, Memphisian violence of those early ones and that ludicrous comedy, because that's Mark Briscoe and Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Like they are the, this matches the compromise. Jeff Jarrett's promo, by the way, where he was like, you, Mark Briscoe, are solely responsible for the end of your friendship with Jay Lethal, for my wife's bad leg. Da-da-da. It's all on you. You've caused all of this. We just wanted to be your friend. Yeah. Cut to them on the farm. And you have made it, you've reduced me to have to fight you in a brawl like this. That's comedy. Like I can't that as much as they're going to want to make this feel like a blood feud at points, it's got to be stupid too. Oh, of course, because the premise is they're very good. AW getting this tone, yeah, like it, like deftly going through modes. They're just really, really good at that. Now the thing is, do they make a fake concession stand for this, or do they go to the real one? Because what we know from being there in person is there's only the one, and it's got a big ass queue. So if you if you wreck that up. Every time they've done concession stand stuff, um, Cody versus Jericho. Yes. Not the dipping darts. <laughs> yeah. Respectfully. Um, Jericho, Roderick Strong mm-hmm. did some concession stand stuff there. Goes well, doesn't it? And they did some Memphis concession stand tribute stuff in the original um, Anarchy in the Arena with Kingston and Garcia. Yes. It'll be the real thing. I want... Um, it will be the... That's Jarrett. It'll be the real thing. I'd love if uh, there is a hidden guitar in every concession stand. Yes. Like from one hot dog vendor to a beer vendor and so on and so on and so on. There's just a guitar underneath as a just in case. And like Jarrett reveals the first one and then like Karen passes him another and then yeah, Mark yeah, Briscoe yeah. finds another. Like those are stupid stuff yeah. like that. Um, it would be remiss of me not to mention. Yeah. Actually make your point and then I'll mention that. I'm stressed. I'm, I'm stressed about the point you're about to make. Jeff Jarrett has said that he will leave AEW if he doesn't pin Mark Briscoe one two three. We are two months from Wembley Stadium. Do not take my Jeff Jarrett away from me. Not You've already it. seen him live once. No, but I want Bree with Wembley. In, the, in possibly the best possible version of Jarrett in AEW. I'm greedy for more now. And the home oh, of, that's your problem. The home You're of, just greedy. The home of football. Giving it a 65,000 plus Bree Woo. We're so close, man. We're so close. Look, I've... We're I've, close. It's I did mention to you this morning, I wondered if this could usher in the return of Double J, Double M-A, and then you also mentioned that somebody had suggested a masked Someone, shirt. I can't remember who, but this is great, said on Twitter, he should lose and come back under a mask as Senor Slapnuts. Brilliant. Still with the guitar, with everything, but just like with a mask on. Yeah. I love all of that, and I'm bang game for it. Uh, but I'm... But also, I've been... One, honest to admit, as a massive, massive fan of Jeff Jarrett, and it's been so wonderful to watch so many people get on board, uh, that also you have to know when the peak is. Yeah. And I say that as a fan and somebody that loves him, and I said it to you after the tag match, and maybe he does too, and that's got me quite nervous for this being it. Because it's a hell of a way to go as well, and it really elevates Mark Briscoe it's a hell of in a way roundabout kind of way. Elevates Mark Briscoe. Um, he's got roles, he's got jobs beyond wrestling there, isn't he? Yeah, so, that's the thing he's doing the live event stuff and all the rest of it. I would love it if he went and this was just... And you could look back so fondly Mm -hmm. because there have been various moments where you've thought, all right, this is taking the piss a bit now. But it always comes back around to something like this, which is I'm going to have so much fun watching this. It's the thing I'm most looking forward to on the show. I will miss this feeling. But is that the point? Is that the good thing? 
what, just imagine him on his knees holding two separate ketchup bottles and squeezing them when he does that. Yeah! Hey, yeah! For the two cut celebration, ketchup and mustard flying everywhere. I think it's probably time. I, well, I worry it is too, and that's a great way to, to do it. And uh, that's why I like... could do a double retirement after this one, and then he can go. Oof. He's not getting any younger either. Like he sort of does like a mooter thing where he's like, yeah, this is definitely it. England loves me. Did you ever see TNA over there? Yeah, yeah. I've got to do my Wembley retirement. Tony, you understand. And yeah, he yeah, actually yeah. just talks himself into getting a match at Wembley Stadium yeah, yeah. anyway. Actually, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Let's do that. We'll do that, Jeff. Um, a few more things to get through, Jesus Christ. What good. is tonight going to look like? Um, Chris Statlander versus Tyre Valkyrie for the TBS title. Uh, no Willborn means no ladies' night. Because mm-hmm. um, it's just not fair to play the game yeah. without him. I have... Look, the nice way of approaching this and previewing this is to say that Tyre Valkyrie versus uh, Jade Cargill, without being a great match, was pretty hot in the mm-hmm. building in Vegas. And this might be too. It's just not going to be a match of the year candidate, is it? No. Um, I like... I wonder if there's not been enough story here. Because Ty Valkyrie has every right to be pissed off. But in the sort of spirit of AEW's women's division booking... That's amounted to a, like, staring at a monitor with a yeah, snarl yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah. Like, we know the emotional beat here, but we've not really been given much in, like, terms of a visual aid. I love watching Chris Statlander since her return. Yeah. I think she's a very, um, like, very believable force for good as a babyface world champion. Um, I love the sign language stuff. I love how she does it the proper way. Any concerns I had over that kind of money in the bank feeling win at, Double or nothing have gone. Yeah. She's the real deal. I don't have any, like, it's, she might have won the title in those circumstances, but she's already defended it in a way that makes me, like... Yeah, I'm saying that as a means to an end at this point. Yeah. And she has to win here, obviously, to validate what happened at Double or Nothing, so she will. Um, but again, like, Ty Valkyrie, like, we're asking... I feel like I'm asking the wrong question. Like, not about the result of this match, but about, well, is this it for Ty Valkyrie afterwards? Have they turned a heel for the purpose of this match, and then she's done? Because... I'd have sort of thought they'd have done a heel turn and then a separate rivalry as a way to say, right, I'm pissed off and I'm going to fight you, Sky Blue, and they have a really interesting little story and then she wins and then she gets a title shot. And it's like, I fought my way back to getting a title shot and I've shown over the last six weeks I'm meaner and I'm nastier and all, but we've just, we're here now. Well, on that note, particularly with Wardlow and the, the booking of his character over the last year, you know that Simpsons gag where Marge says something to the effect of Fox, turned, Fox News turned into a hardcore <laughs> pornography program yeah. so gradually that I barely even noticed. They've snuck in the automatic rematch clause so gradually that I've barely even noticed between this and a lot of Wardlow stuff. Um, it's... Mm. Title shots are very easy to come by in AEW right now, and I think the storyline is another bad um, sort of indication that that's the case. Uh, we've said it with every other match, so I feel like we How should. How easy was it for Planet Jarrett to get all those shots? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the lack of rankings is the thing we'll be moaning every week, won't we, because we just miss them. Uh, Tony Storm versus uh, Willow Nightingale feels the obvious and easy match to book, doesn't it? Because Willow Nightingale first... It's a dynamite match there. Well, it is, but... Willow Nightingale's got a New Japan belt. Yeah. So uh, I don't know who they've flown over. I don't know. Like, in t- Stardom, Murray was telling me, has already got a show. Yeah, they do. So he'll be looking at, 
like Tokyo Joshi Pro, and there's been no involvement of any of those characters. To, uh, here I'm going to sound like a bad faith Twitter actor, but I mean it. There's been no suggestion of any of those characters' names in the last three weeks to even let me know that somebody might want a title shot, other than the few I'm already yeah. aware of. Is there any chance that Statlander gets on that card? I just I don't know. I wouldn't have thought so. It's not great, is it? Who did one the last year? What was it last year, Forbidden Door? Was it Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa? Yeah, nothing Forbidden Dory whatsoever. Ah, so it wouldn't even, yeah, based on the precedent they've set, it wouldn't even need to be Forbidden Door. New Japan didn't really have a tag uh, women's division at that point. No. So there is that. And this was going to be Mene, wasn't it? This it was, was probably yeah. Probably going to be Mene, it's big night. It's a so. bloody shame. Mm. Uh, right, three more talking points. This one's very quick. It's Jarek, it's Lasex Guard to Minoru Suzuki. Love that combination against mm. Action Andretti, AR Fox, Dan A. Martin. This is clearly a backdrop for Jericho to get a TV time because he's mm-hmm. clearly doing something at Forbidden Door. I hope that thing is a um, eight-man tag. Given the fact that Jericho staying in Derby have been interacting, obviously the, the Sex Gods and Suzuki are winning this match, um, which I think should be fun for just Suzuki killing Andretti. Yeah, alone. Um, but given the fact that they've, they're weaving together in the story and the narrative, Jericho, Sting, Sammy, Darby, I'm expecting Jericho, Sammy, Suzuki, and potentially one more mm-hmm. versus the Dudes with Attitudes yeah. with a full lineup, including Takahashi this time. Yes. Any thoughts on an eighth? I got your eighth. The ultimate grey lump of trash done good in Jake Hager. Suzuki looks at him and be like... All right, I like you. Oh, God. You got the system. Yeah, and so, and Suzuki likes the hat. Huh? Huh? You'll do the comedy. Yeah. You'll get paid for it. You won't give a toss. Remember the hardcore stuff he was doing, like 15, 16, like shopping trolleys. Yeah, that? yeah. I would want something a bit more interesting, to be perfectly honest. But... <laughs> I, don't I think what... they're setting up an eight-man. He's a... F- He's a Jericho. There's no Suzuki gun anymore. No. He's a Jericho adjacent heel. I suppose it could be somebody from Nuge, couldn't it? Because you've got that's what I want. Yeah, eh? Sorry, I was thinking AEW. But you're not thinking AEW in that prospective match. Yeah. Hi, oh, somebody. Whoever. Dude's attitude as a quartet is nice because really wanted that last year. Yeah, I really. I want to see what like Haruma and Darby look like just standing next to each other. I want to see what Haruma and Sammy would do to each other because that would yeah. be mental. Uh-huh. Absolutely mental. So yeah. If you have got an eighth man in mind, let us know um, in the Twitter link to this podcast, at WhatCultureWWE. Two more talking points. We're nearly there. The Punker, mm. apparently, right, this is what drives me nuts. The Punker is apparently scheduled to appear on Dynamite. And the idea is that they don't want them, him and the Elite, to be in the same building. So that's why the Elite aren't scheduled for the show, apparently. Um, they've recorded pre-tapes Plural for Forbidden Door. Hmm. Um, we know that Omega's on the card. Dave Meltzer's report that the Young Bucks have already recorded pre-tapes, so they'll be on the show for Forbidden Door. Isn't Punk also heavily rumoured to be on Forbidden Door? I mean, so they're going to be in the same building at some point, or are they? I want this clarified one way or the other, and quite frankly, by Monday morning, we'll get clarification. Yeah. At the latest about whether... Because the, if they're not on the same show, it pisses on my Wembley chips. Well, this is potentially clarification, isn't it? Uh, like, we did a conspiracy video the other week. Why can't they just both be on Dynamite then? Well, yeah. Just not working a program together. 
I looked at that all-in poster, and it was suspiciously non-collision, CM Punk included, obviously, because it had to be, because of when it was launched. But you could follow all the way through with that, and you could have MJF defending the belt at Wembley Stadium, and the winner, which of course would probably be MJF, fighting CM Punk at All Out in Chicago the following week. Yeah. You could hold on to that, and you could have Punk not work Wembley, which would be really sad for all of us on this side of the pond. But... um could this be as simple as uh, the hung books have got a forbidden door match? Just fun. Maybe three of the just five guys, for example. I don't know. Some heels. Um, and that's a forbidden door match just for a bit of a laugh. And Punk is here to do what we said they kind of weirdly didn't do last week and sell something for this week's collision. That's not how the realm is possible. There's something else to promote beyond. Yeah. You know, like the ticket sales have gone up. Oh, we're like, going to find out, as he said. AEW have like done their last week pricing thing, and obviously Punk himself now is back in the mix. The sales for the Toronto collision are not as bad as they first looked, so they can give him a share. And maybe he calls out Jay White, you know? Maybe yeah. or like maybe there's a something that he's here to do, and it's related not to Sunday, but to Saturday. I think your point about the Kenta match, like, and the Young Bucks match taking place on the same night, it's something that we're not going to find out until the absolute last moment. Yeah. Like, I think if that Punk Kent... I'll be proven wrong happily tonight if we get the setup tonight. But I genuinely feel like if Punk Kent is happening, we're going to find out about it in the closing seconds of this Saturday. Sean Rossap's insistent that it's happening. Yeah. Kent has done the uh, match-off thing, hasn't he? Yeah. Which makes you feel like, because it's wrestling, it's on. Yeah. But that feels like a big collision angle. Like, 24... You've got almost no time to prep, but oh my God, tomorrow it's yeah, this. Yeah, you've got to buy it now, then, if you've... If, if, if anything. anything. Yeah. So why can't they be in the same building every other week it's, it's odd we'll get clarification i asked that question as well because i can't remember who said it again on twitter i'm gonna have to do my goddamn homework one of these weeks linked together certain developments that happened on dynamite and collision where mgf for a reason he does everything for a reason said mm-hmm. i'm not doing it then they created the match graphic and he's still on twitter saying it's not happening so what are you doing it's rare for them to do a match graphic and then not deliver. Yeah. If the match graphic happens, usually it happens. It's not false advertising. But the one way you could get around it is just the punker cheat code. MJF saying no, and then CM Punk going, well, I'll step in then. Yeah. It's a match I wanted last year. It's a match I couldn't do. Um, proving the idea planted by Punk on Collision that he perceives MGF to be a paper champion because he never lost that title. And him stepping up against Hiroshi Tanahashi, Punk could all but say, well, I'll do the job of a champion because MGF won't because he's not the champion. He's a paper champion. And then he could build Punk MGF that way. I adore it. I absolutely I think it's adore like, it. It's like, I'd, I'd really love the idea of MGF and Tanahashi. Me too. And Tanahashi's not got many years at this left. I kind of trust MGF to do a better match with Tanahashi at this point as well. Me too, actually. But I would love the potential of this one because, like, I adore it. From it's all, it might not be happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all speculation. But it's like it's fantasy booking that we've all seen. I think we've all thought, yeah, like nodded sage, done the thinking. Hmm, mm. I quite like that. I love the setup because I do love that punk. Last week I argued with the collision promo that what he was doing, as very few can, he's such a great public speaker, is. Uh, do the full baby face stuff while hiding a really horrible heel turn inside that return promo he cut. This match and angle, or this angle come match, is kind of. The I watched it again last night, you know. He's so good. And he's so unlikable. Yeah. It I, I just. Like, I, I kept leaning on one Bill Philbin. Like, there is no baby face that, like, leans on how much money they make the company. Yeah. Not a single one. John Cena t-shirts out the ass, and he never once said, I'm the merch guy around here, ever. You know, like, that's just not... I mean, he was a heel arsehole as well. In, yeah. In, in, in <laughs> Um Him taking the match 
is so on the surface baby face, but it's also really neggy to MJ. Just like how he held up the title. He's not doing it as a baby face. Yeah. He's not saying you're the paper champion, I'm the good guy. He's saying, You're the paper champion, I hate you. I'm one Bill Phil. I want the I want the glory. And then he takes the Tanahashi match. And what a great match for him to work heel again in. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm thumbs up, AEW fans. I'm here. I'm here for you. Yeah, you're welcome. And then he's an absolute bastard to Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah, and then win, lose or draw, he's like, uh, okay, I'll take, the, I'll take the roses. I'll take the flowers. I did it. I saved for Bindor for you guys. Yeah, it's all nice subtextual stuff, isn't it? About this heel turn. I love the booking. I really hope that's the move. And I love, um, it's. I love any way like Punk did on Saturday to bring him and MJF together while being quite smart about keeping them apart because it's hot stuff. Yeah. Actually, I've been losing faith in AEW's ability to keep wrestlers apart in a way that used to be so enormously satisfying when they yeah. came together. That would be a great idea um, with which to do that. Right. Eight official segments confirmed. One heavily rumored, which has just gone through now a tournament. What? It's the Blind Eliminator Tournament. Huh? <laughs> um, that will... I think Andrew Zarian tweeted that it's going to take a similar form to the WCW Lethal Lottery. Okay. Enlighten younger viewers. The Lethal Lottery um, would lead to something called Battle Bowl, where wrestlers would pick uh, names out of the hats, or matches would be picked out of hats, depending on what year it was, and that would be the opponent you were drawn against, and then you could go on to win a title shot, a fabulous prize, $20,000, or you could go on in tag team action in Battle Bowl to win the Battle Bowl ring, where you would do it as partners, and then you would fight other people, and then if you got into the Battle Bowl, Battle Royal, you could win a title shot. They didn't always work it, which is the most WCW thing yeah, ever. Yeah. So, like, there are cases where there was random matches drawn, which were actually random. <laughs> That's not how wrestling works. But the principle is quite good, because it's a... Like, you know how Tony Khan is like a dream matchmaker because of all these wrestlers he has at his disposal. This is theoretically the visual display of that. Yes. Two hats or whatever. An FA Cup draw, if you like. With I like this mystery vortex component. Yeah. Like balls in the bag. Just to build on Hamlet's point about Lethal Lottery and how it functioned, if you are a younger fan and you still don't really get it, these pay-per-views, so it was Starcade, mm-hmm. were not successful. No. And yet WWE has taken that core idea of the drama... Can't these guys coexist and use it to build every other WrestleMania match of the past five <laughs> years? Um, I have campaigned, actually, for... I'll try to manifest AEW to do some kind of uh, mystery vortex thing because everything, as good as it is most weeks, and every other week these days, still feels very regimented. Is it PWG that ran the mystery vortex? Mystery vortex, yeah. Where any match theoretically is possible. Yeah. It's not a tournament because they... I think they've only ever done seven matches on Dynamite once. It's usually between five and six, sometimes four, but very rarely five and six matches. Mm. So they're not doing a tournament on top of five matches. So just is it just a match between uh, two randoms against two randoms? It's not a tournament, or does the tournament begin? <laughs> the, 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 the copy, the promotion never says, begins tonight. No. just says there's a tournament tonight. And again, I have to say the question. Huh? And this comes up in a time. Um, yeah. When, like you said it on this podcast, the tag division's never been in worse health. Yeah. And you're theoretically just pulling people out of nowhere to join the tournament where one of them's going to get a tag title shot. Synonymous, by the way, with WrestleCrab. Yeah. There's a trios division that looks pretty barren too. 
and you take people out with that potentially to enter a blind limit. Could this be one of those things we look back on years from now as just one of the most inspired, surprising bits of booking ever from AEW? Could they? Could this be the night where Tony Khan's like, you know what I'm going to do? Actually, you know how all of these rubes love the acclaimed. Well, I'm going to make eight acclaims. I'm going to make eight acclaimed. Yeah. I'm going to take these uh, 16 guys, and you're all like, border him, border him, border him, border him. Eight class tag teams, show it up your ass. Yeah. And it's just this great booking. For, maybe not eight, but maybe like at least four of them turn out to be these class tag teams, and you just never knew just how, like the potential of all of these wrestlers or something like that. Or is he going to be like, you're not going to believe this, guys. In my left hand, it's Keith Lee. In my right hand, it's Swerve Strickland. Swerve in our glory. How are they? What's going to bloody happen with them? Uh, this is not as good as it was last year. Well, whether it's a one-night match that they're calling a tournament, or whether it's the first match in the tournament begins tonight, Michael Hamflirt. It's time to play the game! She won't be in it. No. I'm on the AW roster page. Ah! I'm going to scroll down. You're going to say stop and then pick a number between one and four. And then whoever's on the thumbnail, on the roster, the first two you pick will be a tag team. And then they'll face another one. Love it. Stop. Can I have anyone off this row? One to four. Three. Uh, Big Bill. Oh, yeah. Already the blind eliminator on was awesome. Who will be teaming with... Stop. No, no, no. I'm no, no, still on the same line. Oh. Stop. I, I assumed... I meant the roster page was moving. I didn't realize you were making that noise with your mouth. Sorry. Two. Cash Wheeler. That can't work. We need to roll again because this is for shot FTR, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Stop. Two. Eddie Kingston. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love this. So we've got Big Bill and Eddie Kingston versus. Versus. Stop. One. Penta. This is kicking ass. El Zero Miedo. Right. He's my best friend. He's my best friend. Well, not anymore because he's in the blind lottery tournament. <laughs> Stop. Two. Stu Grayson. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll look forward to Stu Grayson and Penta versus um, Big Bill and Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Kingston in the Blind Lottery Tournament tonight. Um, if you're looking forward to that, let us know um, under the Twitter link to this podcast at WhatCultureWWE on Twitter. Whilst you're there, you can follow Michael Hamfler at Eddie and Cass. I love them too, yeah. guys. Uh, Michael Hamlet. You can follow me at um, Sidgwick. Um, if you've missed it earlier today on your feeds, we dropped the NXT review. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for the Dynamite review. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of Forbidden Door coverage upcoming. Um, Smackdown preview later in the week and everything else. Um, big weekend. Hopefully we'll have you all covered um, on Monday. Mm-hmm. If not, at some point. I think me and Will Warner doing a live stream for Forbidden Door, so the Review might come to you. Come Tuesday. Come Tuesday. We'll find some space for that. Absolutely. Forbidden door, isn't it? Forbidden door. Absolutely. Um, again, Just skip Dynamite if you have to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> th- uh, raw. Uh, <laughs> thank you again for taking much, much taking time out of your day to join it with us. We're always eternally grateful, and we will see you soon.